Legends, how the bloody hell are you? Welcome back, the Film Virgin, episode 41, 41, here we are, another week's done and dusted, you made it through, well done, how are you, are you well, are you looking after yourself, good, good, did you have a good Easter, it was Easter, did you know it was Easter? Perhaps you're still in employment and you knew it was Easter. If you were me, it was hard to know. It was hard to know that Easter was taking place. I didn't really know till yesterday, which was uh, Easter Monday, when I went to the shops and I bought my girlfriend an Easter egg. Not to, I don't, I'm not trying to big myself up like I'm some sort of romantic hero, but I did. I bought her a, a, a gold Easter bunny thing. It's two pounds. It wasn't the biggest expense. I think it was. I think it was maybe two seventy-five before Easter, and I didn't do it. Look, I'm not saying that I'm not stingy, but on this occasion I wasn't being stingy. I just didn't buy any Easter eggs. I've never bought Easter eggs. I don't eat chocolate, you see, but she does. So, you know, romance, romance. Lots of romance going on in this house at the moment, mostly from separate rooms. But um, we're getting through. We're getting through. It's all right. Are you as well? God, I hope so. What are you doing? Are you getting your daily exercise? It's important. I've been doing a lot of running myself, really getting into the running. And I'm trying to be a, like a responsible runner. I, I'm, I'm trying to at least double the, uh, the recommended two metres distance from other people. I'm going for four. So I'm, I'm off the beaten when I run. I go to the park, but I, I sort of... I follow my own path, you know, I'm not, I'm not on the designated footpath, I'll sort of go in and out of the trees and stuff like that, I'll just stay away from people, you know, because people carry diseases and they're disgusting, so you've got to avoid that. And I heard about this thing yesterday, I've been getting, I've been going pretty good, I've sort of 5 to 10 k's when I, when I go running, not to brag, not to brag, but I heard about this thing called the runner's high, is that what it's called? And it's like... Is it when you run, here we go, the runner's high refers to the feeling of pure elation, reduced stress, and a decreased ability to feel pain due to a flood of endorphins released by exercise. So it's a thing. But I don't know if that's what I've been feeling, because I've always had this theory about running, and maybe it's just a different way of defining it, but, but I always thought you felt good at the end of a run because the run was over and you hadn't died. So I, I actually, that's my general theory on exercise, actually. It's like the whole time you're doing exercise, you're like, this is fucked. I shouldn't be doing, like, my body, this isn't what my body should be doing. I'm going to die. And then you finish and you haven't died. And you're like, oh, sweet. Live to fight another day. Look forward to tomorrow's run. Um, but that just might be me uh, and my... Um, <laughs> anxious perspective on life but regardless lots of running going on here for your old mate Burjo. at least lots of running for someone who wasn't running before late march <laughs> really i used to cycle though i used to cycle every day and i haven't been doing that so i needed to get some replacement exercise in because as i think uh, everyone in this household would agree I am an awful prick to be around if I haven't been getting some exercise. 
So that's good. So that's number one priority at the moment. Avoid being an awful prick. And I think we should all be trying to do that. Be considerate of those around you and be mindful of what you need to do to not be an absolute unbearable prick. Good advice. But things are going all right. Things are going all right, you know. I have my one or two trips to the shop each week, which I dread. I have my sort of daily existential dread about the entire state of humanity. But I try to sort of condense that now. Maybe just just half an hour of pure dread a day as opposed to sort of dipping in and out and of dread every sort of 45 minutes. Um, I think if you can just get it all out of the way in, in one go each day, it's probably for the best. And keep taking your vitamins, you know, keep taking your vitamins. I'm on a, I'm on a heavy vitamin regime. That's one of those words that I have to um, correct myself because I want to say vitamin. I want to say vitamin. I do. And some of you listening will be vitamin sayers. But over here in London, they say vitamins, so I'm just trying to fit in, you know. I don't want to seem like a bloody foreigner, but I am. Okay, well, one thing that hasn't changed is it's still a good time of life to watch films, so I reckon I might watch one now. The film I'm going to watch, you know what it is, I'm going to watch The Breakfast Club, which is one of those movies that I've always heard of, but never seen, obviously. Um, is it like it's a high school movie from the 80s? A cult classic, perhaps? At the very least, enough to have made it onto a list of films that I haven't seen that could be watched on a podcast. So, The Breakfast Club, 1985, comedy drama. Comedy drama. Okay, the big two. Five high school students from different walks of life. Oh, okay. Endure... A Saturday detention under a power-hungry principal. Nightmare. So there's going to be a rich kid and a poor kid. Is there going to be a kid from, like, an ethnic minority, perhaps? Or is that not going to happen in the 80s? Maybe not. Okay, no, looking at the pictures, they all look pretty white. Pretty white. Oh, no, Emilio Estevez is in it, though. Friggin' love Emilio, so he's kind of... Well, Estevez, Hispanic, I suppose, but he's pretty white, though. Emilio Estevez from my all-time favourite film film franchise. My all-time favourite film franchise. My all-time favourite film franchise, The Mighty Ducks. Emilio Estevez, The Mighty Ducks man himself. So he's in it, that's good. Um, The... Disparate. That's a big word to use in a Google description of a film. Disparate. Essentially different in kind. Not able to be compared. Things so unlike that there is no basis for comparison. I mean, they're all they're five high school students, so I'm sure you can find some comparisons. They're all probably pretty self-centred uh, and don't know shit about anything. The disparate group includes Rebel John... Princess Claire, Outcast Allison, Brainy Brian, <laughs> Brainy Brian, and Andrew Emilio Estevez, the jock. Okay, so I'd say they're just very marginally different. 
So Princess Claire, that's play, she's played by Molly Ringwald, and she was like a famous 80s high school actor, wasn't she? Oh, that's good. She's in The Breakfast Club, a famous 80s high school film. Each has a chance to tell his or her story, making the others see them a little differently. And when the day ends, they question whether school will ever be the same. Okay, I'm looking forward to this now. After that description, so it will be exactly the same. School will just continue being the same. And then when you're older, you'll think, did I even go to school? Did I learn anything? Or was it just a way of passing the time whilst I was a little shit? So my parents didn't have to put up with me all the time. Or maybe school will never be the same again. I don't know. It remains to be seen. Director John Hughes. So he's famous as well, isn't he? Probably for directing this film but maybe some other films too. Johnny Hughes. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Did he direct that? Heard of that one? He did. There you go. Another 80s high school film. Maybe he just did 80s high school films. Pretty in Pink. That's Molly Ringwald as well. Anyway, you can look into uh, John Hughes's filmography if you like. He is now dead. That's just a fact. Died in 2009. Quite young, actually. 59. Maybe you knew that there. Okay, well, The Breakfast Club, high school, 80s, it'll be fun. They'll be dressed cool or, like, retro. Well, not retro at the time, was it? It was current. Time passes, guys. But fashion is cyclical. I always want to say cyclical, but I've heard other people say cyclical. So that's probably what it is. Yes, yeah, cyclical, occurring in cycles. Ooh, up. Fashion. That's what I want to do every time I hear the word fashion. So I've done it today just for you because I'm alone in my bedroom. Who's going to stop me? All right, let's read some audience reviews of The Breakfast Club. See what I'm in for. Four. <laughs> See what I'm in for. And then we'll start watching it. Sounds bloody good. All right. What have we got? All right, this guy's basically just rewritten that description. This is a great teen 80s movie. Five teenagers are in detention. They have totally different personalities. One is an athlete, a princess, a criminal, a basket case, and the brains. I don't know what the other four are. Am I right? But once they pour their hearts out to each other, they soon realise they're not that different after all. If you're into those sorts of movies, I would recommend it. Okay, that's good stuff. All right, this might be a good one. After I watched Pitch Perfect, I have a huge expectations about Breakfast Club movie, but it exceeded my expectations. It is worth it. An extraordinary movie. Fantastic performance from all five of them. It was released decades ago, but still it feel fresh. One of a rare movie that everyone will accept. It was worth the praise. I love Don't You Forget About Me song. Cool. That is a rare movie that everyone accepts. It's worth the praise. So we'll see if I agree with that. Almost definitely not, but we will see. Maybe you won't get the message easily, or maybe you don't like its message at all, but you're going to love the theme. 
You will love the way they express their feelings and the way they try to open up in front of each other. Everything's in a perfect order in this movie. The variety of incidents that happen won't let the movie get boring, considering the fact the whole movie is in the building. Completely worth watching. Try it at least once. I will. I'm going to try it once. I, I won't try it more than once, but I'll definitely give it a go. Thanks for that review. Now, me being a massive 80s fan, I loved this movie. It was such an unusual film, but it was very interesting. Okay, we've got to have a contrary review. I don't understand why people are so obsessed with this movie. I watched it with high hopes, and it was disappointing. The plot isn't really clear. Like, okay, some teens are in detention, but the movie was messy. Brackets, not in a good way. (laughs) It was all over the place, and I always felt like I missed something, or they cut a very, very important scene. It's overrated. Fair enough. Can't argue yet. This movie really breaks our thought process of judging someone by their looks, or the fact that we think our problems are real and are the only ones that exist. It breaks the construct of a perfect life. At least for a teenager, this movie was really enlightening and surely deserves a watch. Yeah, I'm getting the impression this is a film for teenagers. I mean, that's probably quite an obvious thing to say. The movie about teenagers is for teenagers, but that's what I think, okay? If I had ever had a child, I would have definitely made this required viewing once they became a teenager bit of regret in that <laughs> in that review good to let all of google know that this movie is the best movie i have ever watched and i can very relate to this honestly but i have to say john is super hot and i am more like john out of all the characters that's a very uh, humble review there modest all right one more review then i'm going to watch this thing here we go. I love it so much. It appeals to my sense of humour. I liked the part we he scrams uber laughed at the woman. I laugh really hard. Thank for the laughs. You're very welcome. Okay, well, can't say it better than that. I'm going to watch The Breakfast Club. It's going to be about five kids in detention together learning that there's more to life than having really nice hair, which is a lesson you later learn isn't true and there's nothing more important than having nice hair. Okay, here we go. The Breakfast Club. All right. The Breakfast Club, about 35 minutes in. It's all as advertised so far. We've got five kids. These kids, they're all from walks of different life. (laughs) That's not an expression. They're all from different walks of life. Walks of different life, different walks of life. I guess it means the same thing, but it's different walks of life. The expression, Miles, that you're looking for. Thank you. They're all from different walks of life. They all dislike each other at the moment. And by the end, they're all going to like each other, I guess. There's not much is going to change in this movie, just their attitudes towards each other. I think they're just going to stay in this library the whole time, being all angsty and teenager. They, yeah, they will all like each other. But there's one guy, this one bloke who, uh, the, the sort of the tough guy, the bully, 
I think he's already said some pretty unforgivable things. So I am interested to see the turnaround that he manages over the next couple of hours. I've got no doubt he's got an abusive father and, and I'm not here to defend his abusive father, but his um, threats of sexual assault, amongst other things, have not been particularly well received by me. He's not on my Christmas card list. That's for sure. His name's Bender. He's just friggin' disgusting, actually. He started off, like, spitting in the air and catching it back in his mouth. Oh, man, I'm not a Bender fan. Like I said, I'm sure he's, had, I'm sure he's got some shit going on to cause him to act out. And that's fine. I hope he gets the help he needs uh, and grows as a person over time. But I don't want to hang out with him. That's my take on Bender. And then... Um, Molly Ringwald, she's Claire. She's um, posh girl, I think. Posh princess. Not sure why she's there. Actually, I'm not sure why any of them are there yet. Well, I mean, I've got my theories on Bender, why he's there. He's a regular at the Saturday detention, I'd imagine. But yeah, Molly Ringwald, she's um, she's pretty like goody two-shoes, I guess. Uh, when I first got to London, I, um, I got a job at this uh, like betting shop which was underneath the flat I was living in. It's like 2012. And there was a woman that I was working with and she she asked me, like probably on the first day I worked with her, she said, have you ever been to prison? And I said, no, no, I ha- thanks for asking. No, I, I have not ever been to prison or been convicted of any crime. And she replied, oh, one of those goody two-shoes types, are you? And I was like, I'm sure there's a level in between those two, but maybe not. That's not to say I'm not a goody two-shoes type, but I think that just anyone who hasn't been to prison doesn't automatically make them a goody two-shoes. That's all I'm saying. That's my point on that. But I think Molly Ringwald is a bit of a goody two-shoes, so there's, she's in there. And then there's uh, Coach Gordon Bombay, a.k.a. Emilio Estevez. Uh, I don't know what his character's name is. That was his uh, character name in The Mighty Ducks that I gave just there. He's probably called, like, Bobby or Ricky or something like that. He's a jock. He's a wrestler, a wrestler. Uh, he's clearly... There's a common theme. They've all got pressure placed on them by their parents his his dad's sort of like a what the fuck are you doing going to detention you're gonna ruin your wrestling career or whatever i don't know who has a wrestling career though i mean i guess maybe it does it get you to college who cares so he's in there and he's sort of been um defending molly ringwald against bender's abhorrent threats and insinuations trying to at least but no doubt he's got his issues too, Emilio. And then there's Brian. Brian's probably the most likable of the bunch. He's like the nerd, the geek. Uh, he's quite sweet, actually. But he, he presumably gets some... He, no, he does. He, his mum was like, you better be studying in there. And he was like, I don't think we can study, mum. I think it's just like detention. We just sit there and shit. And she's like, find a fucking way to study, mate. <laughs> so he's got a bit of pressure on him there. And then there's the fifth girl who's like supposed to be the head case or whatever, basket case. They did use one of those words. It's not my own title. Well, one of them is, whichever one it wasn't that they used. 
and she just doesn't say anything and she just screams occasionally she's really she is really odd and she's but she seems like she's she's a good drawer she's a good drawer so she's got that going for her i don't know what her story is with her parents yet but there'll be something there as well it was hard having parents when you're a teenager i think we can all agree on that tough time it's a tough time to have a parent <laughs> it's a tough time with your parents but yeah the five of them are just in detention that's all that's there and I, I think it's being run by their principal. There's a teacher there. He's a real hard ass. He's a, like, he refers to himself as um, the bull. He's like, if you mess with the bull, you're going to get the horn or something. I don't know if that's supposed to be sexy. Uh, he said something like that. He said it a few times. Uh, he's like, don't question my authority. He's that sort of guy. And he's given them the task of writing a thousand word essay on who you think you are who you think you are, so that's what they've got to do. I don't think any of them have started that yet. Um, they've got nine hours there, so what's that? <laughs> just over 100 words an hour, so they'll do it eventually. I think we've just got, so they, they got there at 7, and I think it's now 11.30, so they've passed a bit of time. There's talk of lunch, actually. I don't know if they're having lunch at 11.30 or there's been a bit of time passed since I just saw the clock say 11.30. Anyway, I don't know what time they have lunch in the 80s. Might have changed. Maybe it was 11.30 lunch in 1984. How would I know? But yeah, I guess the one thing that I am seeing that, that the, the viewer is seeing so far is against the sort of authority of the principal, they do kind of work together. So old mate Bender went and uh, closed the door to the library. Wasn't supposed to do that. Like took a screw out so the door wouldn't stay open. And then the principal came in and he's like, who the flip and heck close that door that's the one thing I told you not to do don't close the friggin door because he's not in the library he's in his office across the hall and they're all like it just closed it just closed we didn't we didn't close it none of them ratted out old bender so so I guess the um it's kind of the kids versus the adults I suppose that's the common thing misunderstood kids fighting against authority but yeah that's the one way they've all sort of worked together so far and like I said they're going to end up liking each other I don't know why they're going to find common ground, aren't they? It's all about finding common ground. We're all just humans after all, guys. We're all just humans. Some of us just make appalling threats to young women. That's all that differentiates us. Okay, I can't wait to see what uh, more trouble they can get up to and how they'll bond over said trouble. I'm going to keep going with The Breakfast Club. Come on, the teens. Here I go, Breakfast Club. Alrighty, the battle of the kids versus adults continues. Oh, they're not kids. We're not kids, we're teenagers. Teenagers versus kids. Almost immediately as I continued the film, I heard the story of Bender's abusive father. Not surprisingly, as predicted. He sounds like a piece of work. Certainly left his mark on old Bender. Literally, actually, he's burned him with a cigar. It's not terribly nice. Still, still not particularly liking Bender, but that's okay. Um, but the kids, yeah, they're slowly bonding. They um, they went and uh, got the uh, weed out of Bender's locker. Uh, and then when they were trying to get back to the hall, the teacher was going to find them, so Bender, like took one for the team and ran away and got caught by him 
And so the rest of the kids made it back and uh, they were fine. They didn't get in trouble, but Bender got in real trouble. And this teacher, he's a real piece of work. He's a, an angry, um, macho, macho man. Toxic, you could say. Um, so he went and, I think he like locked Bender in a closet or something and threatened him and wanted to fight him. All sorts of great stuff. He really doesn't like to feel disrespected. Like a lot of men, I'm sure. But then, yeah, Bender, like, climbed into the air vent and he snuck out of the closet and broken back into the library. And now that they're all just getting baked in the library. Baked, that's a cool term for um, smoking marijuana. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a cool dude. Uh, and um, just bonding, just slowly bonding. The crazy girl who's good at art, she doesn't like her parents, that's come up. Like, they all don't. That's just the theme. They just don't like their parents. She doesn't like her parents because they ignore her, which, as a teenager, sounds like a pretty good setup, being ignored by your parents. But she doesn't seem to like it. Um, old mate Emilio Estevez, he's like a, just this sort of pent-up ball of fury. He's just told what to do by all the adults in his life. So he's sort of really let loose after smoking some the old wacky tobacco. Uh, I mean, there's some more appalling behaviour towards Molly Ringwald. That, that's just, that's another theme of this film. Molly abuse. She's putting up with it bravely, though. Good on you, Molly. Dorky Brian's still my favourite character, though. Got a lot of time for Dorky Brian. I'm watching this and going, Dorky Brian, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay, mate. You'll do well. Molly, you're rich, so, like, you'll be fine. You might not be happy, but you'll be fine. The other three, good luck to you. Honestly, good luck to you out there. But, Dorky Brian, I reckon you're going to be okay. You seem like a nice kid. And you'll actually grow up to be pretty, like, reasonably handsome as well. Even though you look a bit dorky at the moment, I think you'll be absolutely fine. You'll get a good job, you'll have a nice family, nice house, and you'll probably raise some nice kids yourself. All the best, Brian. Um... Bendy, I mean, I'm sorry, Bender. Like, I can accept that it's not your fault. You're a product of your upbringing, but you're you're heading for for prison. You're no goody two shoes. You're heading straight for prison. Uh, Emilio, unfortunately, you're gonna sort of just repeat the cycle of your parents. You'll you'll uh, probably have children with a with a wife who you're not particularly nice to, uh, and you'll try and live sort of vicariously through a son who will no doubt disappoint you in the same way that you've disappointed your father. So enjoy high school. High school is your time, Emilio. And gosh almighty, crazy art lady, you're going to be something else. You're going to be something else. You might be all right. You've got a chance. You could be like some sort of cool arty type, but odds on you're going to be out there. You're, you're going to be out there. I'll put it that way. So yes, yeah, so I've got half an hour to go in the breakfast club. <sighs> I don't know. They're just like slowly starting to like each other more and that's just going to continue for the next half an hour. There'll be another showdown between the teacher and Bender, no doubt. Maybe the, the other students will stick up for him and then they'll all have to come back for detention. And then that'll be the sequel. They'll make The Breakfast Club 2 the following week. It'll be more of the same. Just hijinks. A few japes and a bloody good time had by all. Uh, all right, I think I can continue the breakfast club. May as well finish it off, eh? That's what we came for. I'll go team. I'm on team kids. Team kids over the teacher at this point.
We'll see how they go. All right, here I go. The Breakfast Club. All right, guys, it's finished. Look, I just don't know about that film. <laughs> I think it's questionable. I think the message of that film is highly questionable. Uh, maybe as a teenager in the mid-80s, it would have been uplifting in some way, inspiring. But, uh, yeah, the big takeaways I had from it were if you're a um, a bully and you constantly harass the, um, like the, the cool popular girl at school you'll win her over and if you're a weird outcast girl if you just have a makeover change your makeup then you'll end up with the jock so that was the main things that happened bender and molly ringwall got together after him continuing to be horrible to her like right up until the point where she went and kissed him i guess maybe that's what a teenage courtship is like it's been a while but there was that and then yeah she gave um the the weird uh basket case was the word that she used a makeover and then all of a sudden Amelia Westfield was like whoa where did you come from have you been here all day let's kiss and they kissed (laughs) and then bloody Brian got left to write the essay for for all of them (laughs) so at the end it was like Molly and Bender kissing Emilio and crazy lady kissing and Brian just patting himself on the back going great essay Brian well done (laughs) and they all like (laughs) like Bender was like making out with Molly Ringwald on the bonnet of her dad's car with her dad like just sat in the driver's seat I mean I don't remember doing that in high school that's very risky for that Bender he's a tough guy that was pretty much the film they just like the last half hour was just all the kids didn't really see the teacher again and they just like they had it out with each other they were laughing and then they were like calling out each other's hypocrisies and asking whether they'd be friends on monday the answer at the time was no but then by the end maybe it was yes i don't really know um turned out that brian had taken a flare gun to school that's why he was in detention because he wanted to kill himself. Can you kill yourself with a flare gun? I don't know. Maybe. I guess so. Because he got an uh, F in shop. He got an F in shop. Shop's like um, woodwork, isn't it? I think. So that had ruined his grades. We found out that Emilio Estevez was there because he uh, had taped a guy's buns together. Quote. I think that means his backside? Butt cheeks? Is that what buns are? I guess so. So Emilio won the acting award for the film. He he had a big acting scene where he got all, like, worked up about what he'd done and had a bit of a cry and talked about how he didn't like his dad very much. And we're like, yeah, Emilio, obviously you don't like your dad. (sighs) Why else would you tape a guy's buns together? And then the the weird girl was like, I'm a compulsive liar. Do you know why I'm here today? Because I want to be. I didn't even have to be here. I had nothing else to do. Okay, I don't remember me. I mean, because everyone said why they're there. I think I can't remember why Molly Ringwald was there. Maybe she said it at some point, but um, yeah, who cares? Who cares, guys? It's in the eighties. If I was born in like nineteen seventy, that'd probably be a great film. All right, I was born fifteen years too late. But you know, maybe you like it. That's good. I'm glad. 
it was a film. It was a film. I can say that much about it. All right, I'm going to find some uh, Breakfast Club trivia, and then I'll probably get the hell out of here. All right, here we go. The scene in which all characters sit in a circle on the floor in the library and tell stories about why they were in detention was not scripted. Writer and director John Hughes told them all to ad-lib. There you go. So, taping up a set of buns is directly from Emilio Estevez's imagination. Tells us a lot, I think. Judd Nelson, John Bender, stayed in character off-camera, even bullying Molly Ringwald. That's lovely. Molly had a fucking great time, didn't she? John Hughes nearly fired him over this, but ironically, Paul Gleason, Richard Vernon, that's the teacher, defended Nelson, saying that he was a good actor and he was trying to get into character. Oh, Molly. Oh, well. John Hughes later said that his biggest regret about this film was using the breaking glass effect during the marijuana scene. That's his biggest regret. Okay. John Hughes wrote the screenplay to this movie in just two days. All right, I'm getting on board with that. Judd Nelson improvised the part at the closing of the film where Bender raises his fist in defiance. He was supposed to just walk into the sunset, so to speak, and John Hughes asked him to play around with a few actions. When he was done and they were finishing up, Nelson threw his fist up without running it by anyone. Everyone loved it, and it has also become an iconic symbol of the 1980s. There you go. I couldn't say if that's true. I only had a few years in the 80s. I don't remember it. I'm talking about it, but it's not to say it's not an iconic symbol of the 80s. Bender's flinch when Vernon fakes a punch was genuine. Judd Nelson really thought Paul Gleason was going to hit him. Is that true? All right, fine, whatever. Judd Nelson and John Bender made up many of the terms used in the movie, including neo-maxi-zoon-dweeby. It is a good term. Fucking hell, this guy Judd Nelson. The switchblade used in the movie actually belonged to Judd Nelson. He explained that he had it for protection purposes. Is this guy in jail, Judd Nelson? Jesus Christ. Okay, this is a bit of context to an earlier fact. The ages of everyone in the principal cast at the time of filming are Judd Nelson, 25, Molly Ringwald, 16. So he was... Oh my God, this bloke. He was bullying a girl almost 10 years younger than him. Good on you, mate. Emilio was 23. The bloke that played Brian was 16 and the other girl was 23 as well. Fucking hell. John Cusack auditioned several times for John Bender, even travelling between Chicago and Los Angeles before being cast. However, John Hughes went in a different direction and dropped Cusack in favour of Judd Nelson, which was heavily influenced by the casting director. I would prefer John Cusack. (sighs) No offence, Judd. No, I actually take a bit of offence. I think you're a bit of a dick. Nicolas Cage was originally considered for the role of John Bender. Could have got on board with that. Different movie, though, perhaps. The marijuana the actors smoke in the film was actually oregano. Or as they probably said, oregano. Am I right? Oh, man, honestly, Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson improvised the part where Bender hawks a loogie and catches it. This dude's disgusting. Jesus. Okay, I'm really starting to wonder if these can all be true. Judd Nelson, Bender went to a laundromat in character. 
The looks he was giving to women there caused someone to call the cops. This guy. Oh, goodness me. All right, one last fact, so-called. Bender spends most of the movie harassing Claire. There's even a scene of implied assault or harassment where Bender bites or touches Claire off-screen and she kicks him. Bender is rewarded for all this bullying by having Claire kiss Bender, give him her earring, and essentially starting a relationship with him. Molly Ringwald herself has spoken out about this recently, since the onset of the Me Too movement, and how disturbed by all this she is, particularly about the mixed messages this sends to her daughter and the next generation, particularly since Breakfast Club is now basically a rite of passage movie that all teenagers see. Well, I think that about sums up The Breakfast Club for me. Uh, It's not made it to my list of favourite films, Um, but I've seen it now, which is good, so I can say I've seen it but I'll also never watch it again. Uh, Okay, that'll just about do me for another episode. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Pleasure. Pleasure as always. Couldn't have done it without you. And just try and stay safe. Have another week of safety, of good decisions. Just be responsible. Look after yourselves and look after your fellow members of society. It's not too much to ask. Hey, and just keep on keeping on. I'll talk to you real soon. Alrighty, see yous.